a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. In a world of moral relativism, Vladimir Putin may have played an interesting role of actually creating some clarity. Rather than your truth, my truth, and if you disagree, that means you're attacking me or that you are somehow intolerant. So what do we learn from Vladimir Putin that gives us more clarity in the battle between good and evil? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, there's a lot of interesting lessons to learn from Vladimir Putin and uh, President Zelensky of Ukraine as the war continues to move forward. And one of those that has been very interesting to me has been the fact that what Vladimir Putin and the Russian army have been doing in Ukraine has once again made it okay to talk about some kind of relatively good or relatively better uh, as opposed to actually getting to some sort of truth. Because far too often we're so worried about being liked and accepted and appearing to be tolerant and open uh, that we abandon truth in in so many different ways. And so Vladimir Putin has actually made it okay because you can call that evil. And there's no question about it. And we know what that looks like. The question is more, why are we so unwilling to have that conversation in so many other areas? Because you can actually have a conversation without going all the way to some sort of moral relativism. If you're willing to disagree differently and better and to have a different kind of conversation rather than just demonizing someone or to say someone is intolerant or attacking you because they disagree with your position. Now, I want to get into some really interesting components to all of this. Of course, the world was surprised by Putin's decision to invade Ukraine, to bomb civilians uh, and a lot of the atrocities that we have seen. There are others who saw the signs of evil, who understood Vladimir Putin for who he was and saw those warning signs evolve over decades, not days, not months, not weeks, but decades. And that was the case for Garry Kasparov, of course, uh, world champion chess player, born in the Soviet Union. Uh, He gave a TED Talk recently encouraging leaders to unite against evil. Uh, That again, it was this good or evil conversation that we've been so reluctant to have in so many ways. Uh, So I want to go to this TED Talk uh, from Garry Kasparov. Again, this is someone who thinks very strategically in terms of being the grand master of chess. Uh, He's also a human rights advocate. Uh, So he begins by talking about what he learned and how he learned to recognize evil uh, at a very early age. Take a listen. My life experience prepared me to identify evil at an early age. Not my life as the chess player. Not even as the youngest world champion in history. No, my relevant experience is where I was born and raised. 
and what Ronald Reagan accurately called the evil empire, the USSR. As a young star in the chess-crazed Soviet Union in the 70s and 80s, I had many privileges my compatriots did not. I could travel to the West, outside of the Iron Curtain, where it uh, uh, was obvious to me very quickly that they were the free world and we were not, despite what communist propaganda told us. So that's Gary uh, Kasparov, again, world-class grandmaster chess player. Uh, But he talked about growing up in the Soviet Union and recognizing and understanding. Of course, Ronald Reagan was criticized when he first called it the evil empire, but he called evil evil. Now, interesting, uh, Kasparov has written many books and articles uh, since the early 2000s trying to warn anyone and everyone of the real danger behind Vladimir Putin's words. My first article warning was published in the Wall Street Journal January 4, 2001. I saw evil because I heard evil. Putin was telling us what he was. All we had to do was listen. When Putin said that there was no such thing as a former KGB agent, I knew Russia's fragile democracy was in danger. When Putin said that the collapse of the Soviet Union was the greatest geopolitical catastrophe of the 20th century, I knew Russia's newly independent neighbors were at risk. And when Putin talked at Munich Security Conference in 2007 about a return to spheres of influence, I knew he was ready to launch his plan. He continued saying, if we, if we listen carefully, if you listen carefully, dictators always tell what their next move is going to be. It was the language from Molotov Ribbentrop Pact 1939, the language Hitler and Stalin used to divide Europe. And a year later, in 2008, Putin invaded the Republic of Georgia, 2014, Ukraine. It's a paradox, isn't it? Dictators lie about everything they have done, but often they tell us exactly what they're going to do. Just listen. So I think that's really important uh, to look uh, at that. Uh, And we've seen that even in the course of the last 47 days. That Vladimir Putin has lied about everything that he's done. And and yet he's really telling us and forecasting what, what is coming next. Now, this was an interesting lesson from from Kasparov. Again, this is someone who's looking at chessboards all the time, who understands what that strategy means and and how to anticipate. And I thought this was really fascinating. He talked about looking not just to the past and not just projecting forward to the future, but we have to have the discipline to be able to focus on the present. Take a listen. These days, we prefer to focus on domestic issues. We argue about the past. We fantasize about the future while ignoring the present. Once the move is made, you cannot change it. Acknowledge the wrongdoings of the past, but do not pretend it can be fixed. It's the present that must be fixed. The heroes of the past were far from perfect, but the world we live in is better because of them. We too cannot be perfect, but we must always try to be better. As a chess player, 
I know that strategy is the future impact of present decisions. However grand our plans are for two, five, even ten moves ahead, it's the move that we make now that determines that future. So again, it's that, it's that future and present. So you can have your grand strategy for 10 moves out, but it's the present decisions that matter. If you don't execute the present decisions, uh, it doesn't matter what you think 10 moves ahead are going to be. It's not going to happen. And again, whether you're looking at the way Vladimir Putin is trying to expand his empire and his control, or whether you look at the way a business is being run, uh, you have to be able to get to the present decisions. Uh, and then finally, Gary Kasparov ends uh, this speech by saying some things really are just as simple as black and white. This is not chess. This is not a battle between opposite colors, but of opposite values. Freedom, life, and love versus tyranny, death, and hatred. This is not chess. But sometimes things are black and white. Sometimes you have to fight for what you believe or you lose it. So his message uh, was really a challenge to global leaders to rise in support of Ukraine, to do more, to choose life and love over death and hatred. Uh, He said something really powerful that uh, has really struck me uh, as it relates to this whole idea of just giving in to the moral relativism of our time. He said, the price of stopping a dictator always goes up with every delay and every hesitation. And then he said this, meeting evil halfway, meeting evil halfway is still a victory for evil. There is good and evil, and there are things that cannot be delayed. We cannot hesitate or vacillate. Uh, There are things that are black and white that we need to act on today. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.